in radio land. Welcome to Mountain Talk. I'm Rachel Geringer, and on today's show, we're learning all about the Mountains of Music Homecoming series. It's a series of concerts and other events held throughout Southwest Virginia each summer. Ted Olson, a music historian at East Tennessee State University and the MC of many past Mountains of Music concerts, sat down in the studio with myself and WMMT programmer and musician Rich Kirby to talk about the history of the program and to highlight this summer's excellent schedule. Along the way, we'll hear tunes recorded live at past Mountains of Music concerts. My name is Ted Olson. I'm a professor of Appalachian Studies at East Tennessee State University, based in Johnson City, but uh, very much, shall we say, a student of Appalachia, so more generally. I'm Rich Kirby, a WMMT programmer, former staff member, and a a partisan of Appalachian traditional music, any any way I can think of. Great. Um, So, Ted, I'm wondering if you could sort of talk about about sort of what the Crooked Road is? The Crooked Road was an initiative started more than 10 years ago now, um, instigated by two gentlemen who were very interested in kind of helping with the economic situations in Southwest Virginia. And the two people I'm referring to are Joe Wilson and Todd Christensen. And, And Joe Wilson, of course, was a widely known folklorist and folk music and popular music promoter. And uh, in essence, he recognized that Southwest Virginia had just a concentration of amazing musical traditions. And and much of the tradition was alive and well and, you know, kind of manifest in the lives and in the music of contemporary people. So he wanted to kind of acknowledge that. And Todd Christensen brought with him an emphasis on tourism and economic development. So the two work together to create the Crooked Road, which is, in essence, uh, people might think that they paved a new road, but in fact, what they did is they utilized existing transportation networks already in place, but kind of labeled them as part of the Crooked Road. So the Crooked Road is over 300 miles of linked roads, uh, state highways and, and other you know smaller roads, linked together to tell the story of Southwest Virginia's cultural heritage through the music. And so some of the sites that were honored were obvious ones, you know, the the Carter Fold and and, um, the Rex Theater and uh, Ralph Stanley Country, you know. Some of these places were already widely known across the world for having spawned, you know, very important Appalachian music traditions. And other stories related to the music maybe needed nuancing, needed to be brought out a little bit. So um, in essence, the Crooked Road provided uh, an access to Southwest Virginia to, of course, locals, but also 
people not from the region who came in from the outside, suddenly they were presented with opportunities to learn about Appalachia and Appalachia's music heritage through the interpretive structure that the Crooked Road put in place, you know, historical markers and other kinds of uh, interpretive sites that they could visit along the way. And beyond that, of course, uh, you know, interpretive literature and websites and other kinds of informational, uh, you know, devices that were put in place to help orient people to to the region. So the Crooked Road is a concept, but it's also a very real place that people have long known and loved, but uh, uh, opens it up to a whole new generation and, and a whole new population. Would it be fair to say that um, live music, performance of live music is really kind of the, the heart of the Crooked Road concept? Most definitely. Live music is what the Crooked Road uh, ultimately s celebrates because, of course, the Crooked Road celebrates traditions, but traditions in present-day, you know, situations and contexts. It's very much about celebrating everyday folks of today playing great music that has connections to the past, but is very much evolving in the present. So, yeah, it's about contemporary music making. And, well, uh, we had a, a programmer on, on uh, MMT once who, uh, Stu Snyder, who's known to radio listeners as the Old Dutchman, who uh, had probably one of the most serviceable definitions I've ever encountered of what is traditional music uh, in, in the broad sense. Music that's made by people that ain't necessarily trying to get rich at it. Right, yeah. And uh, in, in a way, I think that, that describes you know the musicians that perform along the Crooked Road. Yeah, that's an excellent definition. You know, this is an incentive to bring outsiders into Southwest Virginia to help economic development, but it's really about the music. So I think what people really appreciate along the Crooked Road is, is things uh, are not garish in their effort to commemorate uh, you know, traditional music and, and, and venues that have supported that music. I mean, people who oversee the Crooked Road, the executive director, Jack Hinshelwood, and many others affiliated with the Crooked Road, recognize that you could truly harm the music and the, the localities if you, you know, shall we say, had a heavy hand in interpreting things. So there's a delicate touch employed with the Crooked Road. It's, it's very much in service to the music making. And it's not about making money. It's about bringing people in to appreciate the traditions and, and you know, in setting up a situation where people who already have pride in their culture and in their music uh, maybe have a, a broadened audience for it. And so it, it does lead to certain opportunities for the musicians. Uh, for example, not too long ago, uh, with the, uh, the new governor coming into office in uh, Richmond, Virginia, um, the Crooked Road was charged to bring music to Richmond, so they brought a busload of fiddlers and that sort of thing. So it instilled pride in, in many fiddlers from southwest Virginia to be able to play that role in an official kind of capacity. Probably installed frostbite, too. Exactly. It was a very cold time of year. It was, what, January? So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so so the Crooked Road is is about creating opportunities to make music and to enjoy music and to hopefully proliferate the music. There's an interesting contrast here with um, Kentucky. Uh, Route 23 in Kentucky is officially known as the Country Music Highway. And uh, what, what, what that is, if you, if you drive that and, and follow the, the kind of the publicity brochures and so on, you'll, you'll 
see sites that are connected with people that have become kind of legends in country music, like uh, like uh, Loretta Lynn, Dwight Yoakam, Gary Stewart, uh, Patty Loveless, um, which more or less orients the whole concept towards people who have gone to uh, Nashville or, or wherever and and um, have made you know kind of judging by commercial success. Whereas the Crooked Road in in Virginia, you know, s- some of those people are are uh, you know that have been associated with the music that the Crooked Road celebrates are you know are world famous and and uh, people are as talented as anybody but the the commercial success is not a criterion for for it's not 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 what really defines what what the whole thing is all about very good point rich is that uh, the crooked road is about celebrating the music whomever makes it and so it's wonderful makers who are well known make the music and you know, comparative unknowns who are extremely talented, who've never really wanted to be known particularly. You know, it's just a different value system at play. But, you know, true folk traditions exist in their own place. And uh, they exist uh, to, shall we say, disseminate values to uh, others in the community. It's not about being heard outside the community necessarily at all. And the Crooked Road is very aware of that finer difference. It's not about honoring the stars of American popular music per se, although obviously there's some stars of American music who have lived in Southwest Virginia who are acknowledged along the Crooked Road. But everybody, in a sense, is a kind of a local star in from the Crooked Road's perspective. But star defined not so much in terms of uh, outside fame and fortune, but rather in terms of the the talent that they bring to the traditional music and the passion they bring to it and the commitment that they bring to it. This could be my last letter I may never see the cotton fields of home I miss you, dear sister Tonight I never felt so all alone And the fog was so thick That the stones river stars Could scarcely
again And if I fall here at Stone's River I know that God will bear away my soul To be with Him Maybe this would be a good, uh, good way to get into talking about the upcoming, uh, some of the upcoming things that are going to actually do these things we've been talking about, uh, um, the uh, Mountains of Music project. Yeah. Uh, Mountains of Music Homecoming has been ongoing now for four years. This is the fourth year. And this summer, between June 8th and June 16th, there'll be continuous uh, concert events and, and cultural experiences offered by the Crooked Road. And together, of course, like pearls on a necklace, they create what's known as Mountains of Music Homecoming. And this year is a distinctive lineup of concerts uh, planned for folks to appreciate. Um, the lineup is quite extensive, but just a few highlights, uh, some people to mention uh, who will be performing as part of Mountains of Music Homecoming. We could mention that there'll be a Stanley Brothers tribute concert Tuesday night, which would be Tuesday the 12th of June um, in Clintwood, Virginia. So uh, Ralph Stanley II will be interpreting uh, the Stanley Brothers and Ralph Stanley's heritage alongside other all-stars of bluegrass. Some people to mention there include Junior Sisk and Don Rigsby and, and Tommy Brown and Dewey Brown and and uh, Randall Hibbets and uh, so a true bluegrass all-star band will be uh, celebrating the music of the Stanleys. Um, other concerts that will be offered uh, by the homecoming or during the homecoming by the Crooked Road include a couple of Galax all-star concerts and now this need to explain what I mean by that. Um, of course, every August, you know, for many, many decades now, uh, the Galax folks have offered the Galax Old Fiddlers Convention. And every year, there's somebody who wins Best All-Around Performer. And this year, we're gathering all the winning performers from many, many decades together, uh, not all of them, but many of them, together on stage to provide an old-time music show and a, and a bluegrass show. And so everybody up on stage, with a couple of exceptions, just simply we had a couple instruments that needed representation. But otherwise, virtually every instrument, every singer will have uh, won 
best all-around performer at the Galax Old Fiddlers Convention. So that's kind of a unique situation. One of the concerts will be offered in Norton, Virginia, and the other will be uh, at the Blue Ridge Music Center along the Blue Ridge Parkway. And so people can check the the uh, web to look at the full schedule to find out when these concerts are, will be held. A very, uh, I think, very special event, truly special, will be kind of a reunion concert by a group, Rich, that you are aware of, Rye Straw. So maybe you could say a word or two about that planned event. Yeah, well, well yeah, full disclosure here, I'm, I guess my old band is, is getting together for a, uh, a uh, monumental two-day <laughs> reunion tour. <laughs> The band that became a rumor in their own time, uh, John McCutcheon, Tommy Bledsoe, and I formed uh, Rostro in 1976, and we played for about four years. And we've gotten together. We actually went went about about 30 years without playing, and then uh, every, and then every so often we've gotten together, often at the Carter Fold. Uh, and so um, it's always it's always a real treat for us to do that, and and uh, it's going to be great for get the chance to do it for. Uh, for everybody this this June. Yeah, that's wonderful. And those two concerts, uh, the Rye Straw Reunion concerts, will be held in Emory at Emory and Henry College and in Pulaski, Virginia. So people can look at the full schedule and see when those will be, and, and that, that'll be very special indeed. Um, this year, every year, the Mountains of Music Homecoming has a special theme, and this year it's called In the Key of Blue is the special kind of theme phrase. And what that's alluding to is, of course, the Blue Ridge Mountains, partly, also bluegrass, but also a celebration of blues music and the African-American heritage and, and the influence of African-Americans on Southwest Virginia. And so there will be some special themed concerts to commemorate the African-American uh, contributions to Southwest Virginia. One thing to point out is that uh, there'll be one, con actually two concerts during Mountains of Music Homecoming that will kind of pair together um, a famous, uh, very important contemporary uh, Mississippi Delta bluesman named Jimmy Duck Holmes, who's kind of the surviving uh, practitioner of the Bentonia blues sound. And if people don't know the expression Bentonia blues sound, just think of Skip James and Jack Owens and that very haunting specific uh, regional style of Delta Blues. Well, Jimmy Duck Holmes will be bringing that style and, and his own take on it um, to the Crooked Road in partnership with a very well-known um, harmonica player uh, down from D.C., Phil Wiggins. Um, people probably know Cephas and Wiggins as being one of the great folk acts of our of recent time, and, and Phil is the surviving part of that uh, you know, duo, and he'll be joining with Jimmy Duck Holmes for, for two concerts. We had the privilege of presenting Cephas and Wiggins here at Apple Shop once. Terrific. It yeah. was a, a monumental evening of music. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this um, one guitar player, I would have to say, could, uh, I mean, a harmonica player that could play, play alongside Rodney Hatfield. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I think... Uh, Phil Wiggins could play just about any style with just about any other musician. He's so versatile, and uh, you know he's very generously joining with this celebration of African African American music in uh, along the Crooked Road. So that's another concert to to uh, acknowledge. There are many many others. There are uh, well over twenty major concerts being offered during that uh, nine day period, June eighth 
through 16th in Southwest Virginia. Uh, in tandem with those major concerts will be a number of cultural experience events, which will be kind of smaller scale local offerings by different communities. But uh, nonetheless, some wonderful learning opportunities for the whole family. Uh, many of the cultural experiences will be free of charge. People can just show up and participate. The concerts will have um, some kind of cost to them, but people can look online to find the details about that. But they're quite uh, reasonable, uh, you know, kind of ticket structure there. And the tickets will be on sale relatively soon, if not already. So uh, my recommendation is for folks just simply to go online uh, to Mountains of Music Homecoming and to look at the full schedule and to see the information about where and when and how much and that sort of thing. Um, so between the major concerts and the cultural experiences, and also, I should point out, three additional special events, which are called festivals, which pair uh, Appalachian cuisine with Appalachian music at three different locations along the Crooked Road. So uh, a lot of special activity concentrated over about a nine-day period, all in service to Southwest Virginia and Appalachia's kind of musical and cultural heritage.
said Could you put me on that shelf What you so polite All by myself Polite All by You're listening to Mountain Talk on WMMT, broadcasting from the Apple Shop in Whitesburg, Kentucky. In this episode, Rich Kirby and myself, Rachel Geringer, talk with music historian Ted Olson about Southwest Virginia's Mountains of Music Homecoming concert series. And we're hearing live recordings from past summer concerts along the way. This is getting me excited for summertime. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Music and food and warm weather. Warm weather <laughs> and fun things to do outside your house. <laughs> um, I'm curious if if either of you have any thoughts on sort of using music, using the arts um, and culture as strategies for economic development in Central Appalachia. Clearly, there's been places doing that work for a long time, but I don't know if there's something to be said about that aspect of the project beyond what you've already said. Well, it, it relates to another question that was just uh, I was fixing to uh, ask you, Ted. Is um, is there a is there a kind of a synergy that comes from having so much stuff in a short time in a a, a fairly limited place? Well, it's like ten counties, but. But still, uh, having having it also concentrated, um, the, are, are 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 all competing for a limited audience, or does it somehow build on itself to, self to make something bigger? And 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 what do you and what's been our experience in the past with with people coming in, you know, for the the homecoming? Right. Um, there certainly are a lot of concentrated events that are happening simultaneously or um, in tandem. And of course, there are a lot of miles between some of them. Although not to you know scare anyone away, because basically the reports that we've been getting back in past years is that people don't mind those miles at all. It's such a beautiful drive between point A and point B, concert one and concert two. That people love to 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 do that to kind of link concerts together in different counties across Southwest Virginia in the Crooked Road region. Um, the synergy, I suppose, is that uh, you know. A lot of times people aren't aware, even if they're from the region, how talented some of their neighbors are and, and how rich some of the traditions are. I mean, maybe some things are familiar, but the the interpretive aspect, you know, the stories about the music and about where it came from and this sort of thing, which the, the Crooked Road very much encourages to happen. You know, there's a lot of dialogue on stage during a, a, a concert, say, which is geared toward putting music into a kind of cultural context, people really appreciate that. It kind of 
deepens the understanding of, of the roots of the music and the significance of the music. And then if folks are coming into the Crooked Road region from outside, um, the synergy is that uh, they see the, you know, quite visceral excitement coming from all kinds of people wherever they come from in the audiences and, and certainly on stage um, celebrating these traditions and they participate in dialogues informal and you know more formal if 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 it's a presentation on stage uh, talk about the traditions talk about why they're important why they're more than worthy to why, why it's vital to keep them alive and and teach them to the next generations. So I think that synergy lasts long after the, you know, Mountains of Music Homecoming ends. People go home with a deepened sense of appreciation for the traditions. Maybe they'll go home with CDs from some of the, or other recording projects or merchandise from some of the uh, performers, um, which brings the music, you know, takes it with them. Also, of course, it trickles down to the next generation in the, in the form of the, uh, the jam uh, programs, uh, the junior Appalachian musicians programs that, that are proliferating really all across Appalachia, but certainly in Southwest Virginia. Um, lots of younger folk, you know, well before their teens, are taking up uh, instruments and, and learning the music. And they're kind of, in, in one sense, imitating what they've seen on stage at Mountains of Music Homecoming and other events across the Crooked Road and and uh, ensuring the future of the tradition. So th that's a direct result of the synergy of, of Mountains of Music Homecoming. I've, I've heard, and this refers back to your question, Rachel, that uh, the experience with the Crooked Road over the last 10 years has been um, a marked uh, uh, increase in, in the number of, of visitors to the region. Uh, who have been coming because they've heard of the Crooked Road and, and uh, want to see what it's all about. And in, in that connection, this, this Mountains of Music homecoming period up in the first part of June would be just an amazing time to plan a vacation. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's precisely why it's scheduled for the middle of June. You know, it's prime vacation time. And on the early side of, of the season, but it's, of course, a beautiful time to be in you know, this part of Appalachia, for sure. And a lot of people know that, but if they don't, they'll be pleasantly surprised with, generally speaking, the weather cooperates, little rain never hurt anyone, that sort of thing. Um, great time to be here. And, uh, you know, the, there's the opportunity to really dig deeply into the traditions of uh, Southwest Virginia and, and surrounding Appalachia. And, yeah, Visitation has increased dramatically since the Crooked Road structure was put in place. I mean, in some, you know, one way to look at it is that the Crooked Road kind of uh, gave an apparatus for coming in to appreciate what was here before. In other words, the traditions pre predated the, the Crooked Road. The Crooked Road as an apparatus, though, of kind of cultural tourism has been very effective. And the uh, word about it has certainly spread around the world. Um, media all over the world has responded and you know, created kind of uh, stories and narratives that have been shared with people everywhere. And so it's really broadened the reach of the Appalachian music traditions through this. And of course, the music trail concept and the arts trail, crafts trail concept is preceded the Crooked Road. You know, the, these sorts of things had been going on elsewhere. Um, the North Carolina Craft Trail, you know, is one uh, well-known example, and um, there are others that are 
being created as we speak. There's one in the Blue Ridge in North Carolina now, and there's one in uh, East Tennessee, across Tennessee, that's being uh, proposed. So the Crooked Road was relatively early and, and very successful in the application of this concept. And I think you know Joe Wilson gets a lot of credit because, of course, he wrote a eminently entertaining guidebook to the Crooked Road that I think a lot of people obtained, and uh, it helped in those early years to kind of sell the, the uh, music trail concept and apply it to the specific sites along the Crooked Road and, and made it uh, you know, a place that was very desirable for people who weren't from the area to, to, to visit and certainly has won, out, uh, won over a lot of, uh, of, of kind of new fans of the music traditions and the mus- musicians found in southwest Virginia. Yeah, so it's, it's definitely, you know, seen, seen results. And uh, Mountains of Music Homecoming is in some ways just icing on the cake of what the Crooked Road has long been doing. It's just a, it's an opportunity emphasizing the part of the phrase homecoming. It's, it's kind of playing on that concept to bring people here. Uh, many people are truly from here, but others might not be come here at the same time in the same places to share a mutual appreciation of place and culture, and in this case, music, and of course, food and other aspects of tradition, um, creates a real sense of, of pride and, and uh, you know, ownership of, of, uh, of place. And of course, resulting from that is a deepened sense of caretaking. People want to you know, take care of what they love and what, what is meaningful to people. And so it, it's been very positive, I think, and most people, believe that from a number of angles, whether it be economic or cultural or, you know, looking at the ways in which traditions are being disseminated. It's, you know, it seems to be all very positive.
The Crooked Road also releases albums, like compilation albums of different types of traditional music in the region. Is that true? Absolutely. Um, Jack Hinshawood has kind of carried forward something started by Jill Wilson a, a number of years ago. And that was, Joe Wilson, maybe seven, eight years ago, put out a really wonderful two-CD set, A Treasury of American Music, which was distributed by the Crooked Road. A little bit, you know, hard to find if you're not in this area, but it's well worth seeking out. And I think maybe copies are available on CD Baby and some of the other national distribution units for CDs. But uh, Joe's CD... uh, was an overview of Southwest Virginia music traditions, um, music repertoire performed by wonderful contemporary musicians from Southwest Virginia. It received a lot of attention, I think, when it first came out. And so Jack Hinchwood's kind of carrying the mantle of that concept forward. And thus far, there have been three CDs released in, in more recent years uh, by The Crooked Road. There, uh, there have been two volumes of uh, highlights from the previous year's uh, Mountains of Music Homecoming. So there's been a uh, selective, you know, best of live recordings from the 2015 Mountains of Music Homecoming. There's been a best of live recordings of the 2016 Mountains of Music Homecoming. And there will be a 2017 edition coming out in just, you know, a few weeks here. So very shortly, people can look for that too, perhaps on CD Baby, if not at some of the local venues around Southwest Virginia, including at Hartwood and Abingdon is, is one place one can look. But I think it's distributed a little more broadly than that. So people can just contact the, the Crooked Road main office if they have any questions about uh, availability of those CDs. And in addition to what I've mentioned is a new CD that I helped with uh, this last year, and it's called A Century of Heritage Guitar Music. It's a two-CD set with extensive liner notes and maps and other illustrations um, tracing the evolution of uh, acoustic guitar styles uh, among uh, Southwest Virginia guitar masters. And I use that word master somewhat loosely. In other words, people who are acknowledged guitar greats like Mabel Carter and Hobart Smith and Wayne Henderson and you know, some of the people, uh, Wyatt Rice, and some of the people are widely known as being great guitar players from Southwest Virginia, as well as people who are truly greats, even though maybe their reputation hasn't spread as far. Um, there are 52 cuts over two CDs, so it's quite an extensive kind of sampler or compilation of uh, Southwest Virginia uh, Virginia guitar music, including some uh, people playing stylistically in the old-time style, people playing in the folk style, as well as people playing in blues and bluegrass style. So it really covers a, a, a lot of repertoire and uh, kind of genre styles. But uh, So that's the perhaps the newest uh, album, A Century of Heritage Guitar Music. And two of these releases recently were uh, nominated for the Independent Music Awards, um, which will be decided shortly, so we're keeping our fingers crossed. But that's a, an internationally kind of respected uh, CD or album award uh, competition that uh, you know we were very honored that these two, the, the live 2016 album as well as A Century of Heritage Guitar Music, both those CDs uh, were you know, nominees in uh, specific categories. So um, 
So those are the CDs put out by the Crooked Road. And the emphasis there is providing uh, a way to disseminate great recordings of great uh, local musicians and to distribute their music more broadly uh, outside of Southwest Virginia. So they serve as kind of souvenirs for people coming in to the region, but they also are being purchased by people who haven't been here but just love Appalachian music. So they showcase great talent from Southwest Virginia. So I'm curious, um, in the centuries of a century of heritage guitar a century music. of heritage guitar music album. Um, so my guess is that that spans a, a century, right? And so I'm right. curious, sort of, what's at the what's at the early end and what's at the late end of that, and a little bit of what's along the way. Sure, very good question. Um, you know, you know, technically speaking, I suppose we could have named it 90 years of uh, heritage guitar music, but. Technically speaking, I mean, that's when the first recordings date from 27. So, and we put it, we released it in uh, 2017. So that would technically be 90 years. But we, we fudged it a little bit because we acknowledged that the people who recorded in 1927 were learning to play the decade earlier than that. So they were carrying forward traditions of guitar style. Uh, and, and guitar repertoire that uh, existed, you know, from World War One period on into the twenties, and so truly, it's a it's a century uh, century from that standpoint. Um, the first people on the uh, anthology, a century of heritage guitar music, would include Henry Witter um, and Mabel Carter and Ernest Stoneman. So those would be the earliest. Uh, Musicians. I would also add Bird Moore. Um, so the, those were the earliest uh, guitarists on there. And then, of course, uh, some of the blues artists from the late 20s and early 30s are also included on there, including Carl Martin and, um, let's see, uh, Tartar and Gay, which, who were a duo from Gate City, Virginia, a blues duo. Um, and some later blues players are on there from the 40s and 50s and 60s into the 70s. So um, other names to mention of people who were on that particular CD would include, uh, let's see, E.C. Ball is a very important uh, guitar player and singer from Southwest Virginia. He's on there. Um, I, I think I mentioned before Hobart Smith, but he's on there. Um, Let's see, Prince Edward Smith, who's in the Smith family, he's on there, very talented guitar player in his own right. Um, let's see, uh, oh, Leslie Riddle is on there, the African-American guitarist who taught uh, Mabel Carter a little bit of her technique and, and helped uh, A.P. Carter gather songs in Southwest Virginia and, and other parts of Appalachia nearby. Um, Leslie Riddle, though, didn't record in the 20s when he was active as a kind of a song catcher with A.P. Carter um, and a great performer on the streets of Kingsport, Tennessee. But he recorded in the 60s, so we were able to get some of his recordings uh, by means of licensing those tracks and bringing them on board. So we, in fact, licensed uh, maybe a dozen tracks on a century of heritage guitar music from other record companies. And, and so some of those really important uh, uh, practitioners of uh, heritage guitar music um, are on here by virtue of you know striking arrangements with record companies. 
And I, I will say that the record companies were extremely generous in terms of making this possible. We worked with, for example, Smithsonian Folkways and Rounder Records and a handful of other records um, in order to uh, obtain some, in, at times, rather rare recordings. We were able to get them on this set. So it's truly comprehensive. Uh, the historical releases encompass about one-third of the anthology, you know, perhaps almost 20 tracks. But certainly uh, the majority of tracks are contemporary recordings that have never been released anywhere on this set. So, you know, perhaps two-thirds of the recordings are by uh, guitar greats who are active today who are performing, you know, perhaps some of them will be, I, I can say for sure that some of them will be playing at the Mountains of Music Homecoming in 2018, some of those very same guitarists who are on this set. Um, so truly, it's uh, the best of the past alongside the best of the present in Southwest Virginia in terms of playing the guitar. One, two, three. I still got the songs you wrote. I still play them on the road. Just don't sound the same from a voice with a different name. You're on the mountaintop, though you fell from there a lot. But I've never seen it coming this time around. Again. 
And so, so you live in Tennessee, right? Right. I'm I'm based in Johnson City, Tennessee, but I'm you know quite familiar and have lived in a number of parts of Appalachia over the years. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, I'm I'm curious though, like. If there are like specific musicians in the region that are part of the trail that just are some of your favorites or even specific memories from some past um, Mountains of Music homecomings, like some some stories that just really stick in your mind from being connected to this work. Absolutely. Um, in fact, people can hear some of what I heard in in my uh, role as MC uh, for some of the Mountains of Music homecoming concerts and over the past couple of years. Um, on the live albums that I referred to that are now available for public listening, public purchase. Um, and of course, all proceeds support The Crooked Road. I should point out that all of our CDs are, are non-for-profit fundraising mechanisms to help The Crooked Road and, and in fact help the artists because a little bit of the proceeds go back to the artists. So it's an effort to kind of acknowledge their talents and give back to them for sharing their talents with The Crooked Road. But in any respect, uh, on several occasions, I was on stage interviewing um, some of the musicians who then performed for the public. So the public got to hear the, the live interviews on stage. And some of those performances that immediately uh, you know, occurred after our interviews were over, th- those same performances end up being on the, the live uh, concert album. So it, brings back a lot of memories for me because of course I remember the you know very shall we say lively conversations that we had sometimes lasting as many as 10 minutes on stage the the crooked road and mountains of music homecoming very much tries to encourage dialogue about the traditions and 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 an effort to make the musicians uh you know, to be the human beings that they are and to share the stories of their own relationship to the music and to the tradition. So so the conversations that we had immediately preceded the recordings that are on the live albums that people can hear. So um, I'm re- alluding to, for example, a wonderful discussion that I had on stage with uh, Sammy Sheeler, the banjo player and, and leader of the Lonesome River Band. And so we had a great conversation on stage, Sammy and I did, about his music and his family heritage, because some of his family members participated in the Bristol sessions of 1927. So he talked about those, uh, what those particular old recordings of 90 years ago meant to him growing up um, and kind of inspiring him with his music making. And of course, he's one of the great banjo players of our time, as well as just a great band leader. And so um, I have a great memory of talking with Sammy on stage at Hayside, Virginia, up at uh, the top of the mountain there where they have the, uh, the venue overlooking uh, the, the coal fields region of Virginia. It's, it's quite a beautiful view from up there. And it's quite, it's, on, on the one hand, it's kind of lonesome. On, on the other hand, it's, it's, a, it's a perfect place for a gathering site. Uh, and it really instills the, uh, shall we say, the homecoming concept. So there we are together, the whole group, uh, celebrating the music of Southwest Virginia uh, through the voices and the instruments of the Lonesome River Band. And they brought that place to life. And I could definitely hear the music reverberating around the surrounding hills. So it was, it was quite a special uh, memory for me. And, uh, you know, I think uh, it's, it's great that people can hear that perform one of the performances, um, uh, Riley and, and, and Spencer, that particular track on the 2016 
Mountains of Music Homecoming soundtrack uh, live album, they people can hear uh, that particular performance and appreciate their talent in that particular occasion. So I think that talk to anybody who went to a Mountains of Music Homecoming concert, and they'll have their own story of um, kind of experiencing Appalachian music and all its r- richness performed by some of the masters, and the people perhaps have memories of uh, encounters with the musicians who make the music informally on and off stage. And it's it's just a very special uh, situation. Hmm. Well, that sounds fun. And if folks do want to find more information, they can visit the website, which is... www.mtnsofmusic.com. And I think the last thing to say is mark it on the calendar, June 8th through 16th, 2018. Great. Well, thank you so much for making the trip up to talk to us, and it sounds real exciting. It's a pleasure, Rachel. Thank you so much. Yeah, Appreciate it. thanks. That's it for this episode of Mountain Talk, focused on the Mountains of Music Homecoming series. Music on this episode comes from the Crooked Roads live concert recordings. Our intro and outro song was Old Cow Crossing the Road by the Reed Island Rounders. And along the way, we heard Dear Sister by the Claire Lynch Band, Blue Night by Ricky Skaggs and Kentucky Thunder, All the Things You Do by Blue Highway, and Moonshiner by the Black Twig Pickers. To hear this or previous episodes again, visit our website, www.wmmt.org, or download Mountain Talk wherever you get your podcasts. I've been your host, Rachel Geringer, and from all of us at WMMT, thanks for listening to Real People Radio.